0: Amen, amen. I tell you what, y'all keep singing like that, and I ain't responsible for what happens. Y'all get me stirred up. Amen. You know, um, I love Brother Jonathan's heart. It comes out in his praying. and You know, he was spot on where he talked about when God is active in a person's life, and he is providing grace... To give you perseverance to move forward in the name of Jesus, to accomplish eternal things that makes the kingdom present. You can get ready. The adversary's coming, amen? And when the adversary shows up, there's gonna become adversity among us. But be comforted in knowing that Jesus said, In this world you'll have tribulation, but Don't let it trouble your heart because I've overcome the world. And adversity, lots of people who don't understand thinks, oh, when all that problem's in his life, they're like Job's friends. They thought that the problem with Job's troubles was the absence of God, but it was the very presence of God in Job that was causing that adversity. And I don't know about you, but when you get serious about following Jesus, it seems adversity shows up. And I was... Thinking about all that this week, and I look and I see Dicky lost his mom just a month ago, and then he is sick, couldn't even come to teach, and then the day he came sick and he's went home, Brother Jimmy and Miss Nita's come to Sunday school to be with us this morning, but left to be with Steve and their family, and they're in a season of great adversity. And in our family, we, we have our share and our things to go through with Brother Nick and the chemo, and you know, and I could go on and on. Someone called me last night. Crying out over the phone to pray for their son. And if you look around, wherever God is moving, the devil's moving. But I want you to think about this. I was reading <laughs> this week, because I, I was in adversity and I was failing. You ever been there? And I opened my Bible and I'm reading through Proverbs, trying to get a quick, easy word. And I read Proverbs 22:10 says, in the, if you faint in the day of adversity, you're your strength is small <laughs> and I done fainted a day ago and I just go, Lord I'm sorry but my strength is real little because I'm, I'm passed out I'm about had it and then he reminded me but in Jesus I can do all things who strengthens me and you know what the, the source the remedy to it all is is Jesus when we're rightly connected to Jesus when we're like the branch to that vine, no matter what the devil comes against his wit, Jesus is able to give us sufficient grace to overcome. Didn't mean it's easy, doesn't even mean it's pleasurable, but what it does mean, boy, it shows you what our God can do. And how great is our God. He never leaves us, And I didn't go to leave you out, Miss Alicia, because I was up there up here all day, went up there and Tuesday, was it? She had surgery. You know, you never know how your day begins. She got up, went to work, and before she went to bed that night, she was in the operating table. <laughs> so, you know what? The main thing is that we got Jesus with us. Amen? So, I just wanted to encourage somebody you might get discouraged sometimes. I don't know about y'all, but I just want to share with you a good faint every now and then reminds you how weak we are. And when we realize how weak we are, we find out how strong He is, and He will get us through. And you know what? He pulls us through each and every time if we keep our eyes on him. This morning we've been looking at some things about how to be blessed starting out the new year. We looked two weeks ago about honor and respect the Lord. Be reverent. That's, you know, be humble and be be reverent and respectful to the Lord. And then we looked last week about loving and supporting the Lord's church by being committed. This morning I want us to look at honoring the Lord with your possessions, about being generous. A godly person is a generous person. A selfish person is an ungodly person. If you are connected right to Jesus, you're going to be generous. You're going to be giving because God's giving. And as we look this morning about honoring the Lord with our possessions, I want to ask you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. How to be blessed. Well, I don't know about you, but I learned that a long time ago. Generous people are blessed people, and blessed people are generous people. We're going to look here Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. And Corinth had a lot of things wrong with them, but one thing about them, they were generous. They were willing to, to, to give back to the Lord because of what he had done for them. And Paul is writing to them in context here. What is going on is Paul is, throughout all the churches in Greece, the, the, the Gentile churches, he's taking up an offering that he's going to bring back to Jerusalem to the Jerusalem Jewish saints because in Jerusalem they were being hammered. They were being persecuted and they had lost their ability. People who accepted the Lord, no one would let them work. No one would give them any opportunity and they were under great stress. And so Paul was taking up an offering. Just listen to this, don't read it yet. If you was to look at 1 Corinthians, the last chapter, Paul says, and this explains to you what we're looking at in context. He's now concerning the collection for the saints. He said, now concerning the collection for the saints, I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. So everywhere Paul was going, he was asking the Greek churches to give towards helping the Jewish believers, the saints back in Jerusalem. He says, on the first day of the week, be each one of you, lay something aside, store it up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. Paul said, I'm coming, I'm expecting us to be generous, to help. And then he said, and when I come, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send and bear your gift to Jerusalem. Now, that's part of what we call as theologians, people who study the Bible, the Corinthian correspondence. There's two letters that we have. We're in 2 Corinthians, but there's a third missing letter that we know of is referenced in the context of the letters that God didn't see fit to put into the Bible. But Paul wrote many letters probably to Corinth. We know at least of another one. So here he's writing them and he's reminding them that I'm going to be coming. And I want you to look at what it says as we read together in verse 1 of chapter 9. Now concerning the ministering to the saints, that's what he's talking about. Concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. You might be like, may I had to look that word up? That's not a word I use very often. What he's just means he's saying is he it's not necessary that I should even tell you this. So he's saying, now concerning the ministering to the saints, it's not necessary for me to write to you, for I know your willingness about which I boast to you, to the Macedonians, that Achaia was ready a year ago and your zeal was stirred up the majority. He said they were ready to give a year ago and their excitement about it stirred up other churches. When I bragged about them, I boasted about it. And look what he says in verse 3. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting, our bragging about you should be in vain in this respect that as I said, you may be ready lest if some Macedonians Some from the other churches come with me and find you unprepared. We, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. And Paul said in verse 5, Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare, and I want you to focus, your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. If you give to God because you feel obligated, because you feel you have to, because that's the rule, I I need to do this and you begrudgingly give, I want to tell you before we even start this sermon, you have my permission, you'd be better off to keep it. Because it ain't going to get you nothing and we don't need it. We want God money. We want money that comes from a cheerful heart. (laughs) A heart that gives it generously because they love God. Not because, oh, if I don't do this, God's going to get me. God loves you. And, And when we give to God, it should not come because we think we have to. Now, Paul's putting some pressure on them, amen? He said, I'm coming to get what you said you're going to give. So Paul believed in giving. But I want you to think what he goes on and says. Look what he tells him in the next verse. He says, I want you to be prepared with the generous gift beforehand, which you have previously already promised, he says, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. Look at verse 6. But this I say to you, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. The NIV says he who sows generously will also reap generously. And then he says in verse 7, so let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Father in heaven, we want to thank you today for the privilege to give back to you. To be blessed to the point we have something, because if anything we've got, it came from above, from our Father. And Lord, we pray today that you'll teach us the great blessing of having a generous heart that brings joy, that is able to cheerfully give to God. For that's who you bless, Lord, because you said you love cheerful givers. Help me and help everyone else here to learn the advantage of being cheerful givers for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now I want you to think this about being generous. Honoring the Lord brings His blessing. We've been looking at that. We've seen the first sermon about how they were going through all the motions of religion and church and they were keeping all the sacrifice and doing all the church things, but they were dishonoring the Lord and they weren't being blessed. But listen what it says right here honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So what that's telling us is if we honor Lord with what he brings into our life, what he blesses us with, the first fruits of our increase, he says, so now, look, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I don't know about y'all, but since I've been doing my best to honor the Lord, I ain't been without, amen? I've been doing a lot better than I did before. And I'm here to tell you as a personal witness that you can't outgive God. And that when you honor him, I'm not here asking and begging for money. I'm here to just help you and teach how to be blessed. Amen. And I've never had anybody come in my office with financial woes that were tithing, that honored God, that gave what God would ask. And so I'm just here to tell you that it pays because when you bless God with your possessions, when you give him the first fruits of your increase, God has told you right there, the first thing I want you to see, that your barn will never be empty and it will have plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. I want you to look at this. Giving to God honors him. Giving to God honors him. And in fact, it tells us in Psalms, if you want to come into his presence, if you want to enter into his courts, that's his inner sanctum, where God's at. You know, you can be here today, but you're on the outside. But if you want to come on into the Holy of Holies, to the presence of God, and let the Holy Ghost really get a grip of your heart, you're going to have to get generous. Because listen what it says. The first thing about coming into his presence, if you're going to honor his name, is bring an offering. Bring an offering to God. Now, does that mean for a lost person? No, he's not talking about lost people. A lost person, you come as you are with all your sin. But when he saves us and you're born again and you become adopted and you're a child of God and you are in the family and he becomes our Lord and we're his servants. He's our God, our Father. Bringing an offering to God brings glory to him. And coming into his presence, the first thing it says. So giving to God honors him. Now I want you to look at this. Jesus taught and commended giving an offering to God. (laughs) Jesus taught about money way more than we realize. But listen what he says right here. He said, Jesus said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And to God, the things that are God's. Now, when he said Caesar's, we could translate that today. Render to Uncle Sam the things that are Uncle Sam's. Now, what do you think we owe Uncle Sam? This is, we take turns today. What do we give Uncle Sam? Taxes, amen. Do you think the IRS would say, oh, don't worry about it. You can live in America. Now, there's a lot of Americans who are getting by. But it's catching up with us. Because if you don't pay Uncle Sam sooner or later, Uncle Sam can't provide for you what he promised. And guys, listen, Uncle Sam, which is the government, you are supposed to pay your taxes. Now, when he said, and give to God what is God's, what do y'all think he meant there? He probably meant to tithe. He probably meant give back to God the first fruits of your increase. Honor the Lord with your possessions. But listen, not only did he teach it, he commended them for doing it. Now, he wasn't known for commending the Pharisees. As a matter of fact, this is about the only place I can find where he did commend them. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you bunch of hypocrites, you bunch of religious. You're around there beating everybody up with the law, making everybody jump through the religious hoops. He said, and here you are, you pay and mint and anise and cumin, even on your... your Little stuff like mint, your herbs, and your spices. He says, and you've neglected the things that really matter, justice, mercy, and faith. He said, but these you ought to have done. So he's saying, you do pay tithe on this stuff, these things you ought to have done, without leaving the other things undone. So Jesus is speaking there that we ought to, and he commended them for giving. Now I want you to look at this. Jesus also said, according to this this verse, according to Paul, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I want you to think about this. Blessed people give. <laughs> I, blessed people are giving people. And you can say, well, the reason they're able to give is because they're blessed. <laughs> but I think because they give is why they're blessed also. I want you to look at this one. Giving people are blessed people. Listen to what Proverbs says, the generous soul will be made rich. Now, this is my introduction. I'm getting this back to our text. The Bible says, now that's what the Bible says, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered. The Bible says he who waters is going to be watered. He who's generous is going to be taken care of. Look at the next one. He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. Friends, listen, the person who's generous with what God has given him with, who uses it to bless God blesses. You know what I've come to find? If God knows He can trust you to do what He wants it to be done, He will give you more. But if He knows you're going to keep it for yourself and you're going to use it for selfish, greedy reasons, you're going to be very limited in what you get. And when it becomes more important to you than God, it does not bring joy and peace and satisfaction and fulfillment to life. It takes over. There's a lot of people that the worst thing that ever happened to them is they got something. They were better off when they didn't have it. And friends, listen, there's two kinds of people in every day that you meet. There's givers and getters. And I know we say, well, they're takers, ain't they? Nah, I don't think that we're takers. You can't take nothing (laughs) if you think about it. But they're getters. They're always getting something. If I can get this, if I can get that, if I can get this, I'll be what I want to be. If I could get this, things would be better. If I can get this, it'll be the way I think it ought to be. If I can get this, things would be right. You know what I found? Getters never are satisfied. Givers never get enough. You know what I found in watching and observing God's people? Givers are never in need. And if they are in need, it's already taken care of before they can realize they need to get something. God is an unbelievable God. And I want you to look at this. Generosity is a way of life for the generous. Now look at what this says. But a generous man... Devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. You don't. You can't fake generosity. Generosity is a way of life. It can't be. Oh, I do it today, but I'm not going to do it tomorrow. I'll do it for this person, but I'm not going to do it for that person. I'm going to do it for this need, but I'm not going to do it for this. You either generous or you aren't. Generosity is the foundation that you build your life upon. And a generous man, he's devising and looking for generous things to do. He's generous every moment of his life. And I want you to look at this. When it comes to being a generous giver, our reason for giver can never be that men deserve it. And I've heard people, we helped them, we did this for them, and they didn't even come to our church. If you do things thinking that it's going to get people to come to church, that's the wrong reason to do it. We do it because we want them to know God loves them. We do it because mainly, though, God desires us to give. You see, our motive for giving must always be that God desires us to give. It blesses God for us to give. And friends, listen, the more you give, the more glory it brings to His name. Friends, listen, God doesn't need our money, but He desires our heart. And when we give and honor the Lord... He blesses us. I'm going to show you and share some stuff with you here in a minute. But I want you to look at this. Generous giving is a mark of godly character. God's children are generous because our Father is generous. Does God not give you more than you deserve? Somebody asked me this morning, how you doing, preacher? I said, better than I ought to be. (laughs) You meet some people, getters, they always tell you what's wrong. Givers always tell you what's right. Getters always need something. Giver's always looking for something to give away. And I don't know about you, it is a true statement. The Lord Jesus does not lie. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And I like to receive when it's amen of the Lord. I used to feel guilty when people would want to bless me. I used to think, oh, God, I don't know, don't give me that. But I learned, I don't want to mess that man's blessing up. I went yesterday down to Dennis's to go to a security meeting, come home with two more pair of boots, Brother Charlie. Golly, I don't know what it is, but my closet looks like the Western store. Got a pair on today. I didn't take long to say thank you, Jesus. Ostrich, black, didn't have a pair like that. I don't know about y'all, but I like receiving. But I got so many boots, I'm already praying, God, I need to give two away. (laughs) and I'm going to bless somebody. And you know what? When God gives, it shouldn't make us hold on and think how we can keep it. When God gives to a giver, a giver realizes now, I can bless because I've been blessed. And greediness is a mark of worldliness and ungodliness. And the American church is even fooled with this because we have this mindset now that society has overwhelmed us with that we're here for what we can get out of church more than we're here for what we can give to God back to church. And you know what I've come to found? The most satisfied, the most easy to pastor people who are the ones who are coming to give And sooner or later, we all need to get because we're in need of help. But givers, man, they are always taken care of. Now, I want you to think about what Paul says here. Paul taught generous giving. Look what he says in that verse. He said, therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort. One translation says to remind you, brethren, to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand. You know, today, they'll tell you, if you preach giving, people get mad. If they get mad over you preaching this, they got a problem with Jesus. They got a serious problem with thus says the Lord. I ain't asking for your money for me. I'm asking you to to look at what God says. And God says, if you're generous, look what Paul said. I'm coming to get what you promised, what I asked for. What We've been going to tell everybody else. And you know what? Because Paul was bragging and boasting about their generosity to other churches, they were influenced and they were given. And so the glory of God was being exemplified and thankfulness to God was being, grown because people were blessed. And all of this was going to go to the Jerusalem saints who were notoriously poor and without. The Gentile churches were rich. And look at what he says. Prepare your generous gift beforehand that you previously promised. And look at what he said. Paul understood. He said that it may be, Ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. Guys, you know what? When we started out our sharing the vision and we got to today, we we started out with a sermon and a Sunday called Unleashed Generosity. Do y'all remember that a few weeks ago? Guys, listen. The only reason we're going back there in two Sundays is because people let generosity take over. And everybody together, I had many people saying since that's happened, I never dreamed we'd have got the money that quick. Guess what? We didn't go get the money. We already had the money. We just gave it back to the one who gave it to us. And look what he's done. Now, guys, listen. Can you be too much generous with God? Can you not outgive God? No way. So he says that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. If it's a grudging obligation, keep it. It'll do you more good. But if you want to give to honor the Lord, give it because listen what it says. Remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generous, generously. That is the better translation. I looked it up. Now, the other one translation, the King James says, he who sows bountifully, will also reap bountifully. But guys, listen, it's not only how much you give, it's the spirit and the attitude of how you give it. And if you give the most in the church, but you give it begrudgingly, you give it because you feel you have to give it, and you didn't give it with a cheerful heart, and you didn't give it with a spirit and an attitude of generosity, guess what? That verse is not going to be accurate in your life. That Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly And whoever sows generously will reap generously. is to the man who gives it With a cheerful heart With an attitude of generosity And he's blessing the Lord He generously gives It's a joy to him Friends listen have, How many of you figured out Since you start honoring the Lord Has not God honored that? Does he not increase and bless you? Friends listen That's the word of God You can't go away from it Whoever sows sparingly You reap sparingly And if you sow generously, you reap generously. Look at what this one says. A cheerful giver is a blessed giver. I'm here to tell you. Each, look what he says. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. That's why I do tithe. And I believe the Bible teaches you should start with a tithe. But guys, listen. If you just tithe because that's the rule, you're losing what it's all about. You see, you should give because you want to in your heart. And friends, not reluctantly under compulsion, not reluctantly under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, how many of you has ever had God ask you to give something you wasn't planning on giving, that deep down you really didn't want to give, but you seen that need, and God prepared your heart before you gave it. And by the time you gave it away, even though you wondered if you could afford to give it, even if you really did you, you gave it and it brought you joy, it brought you cheer. Friends, i want to share a story. It happened in this church. I'm not gifted with the gift of giving. That's not one of my spiritual gifts. My wife, she's still got her birthday money. She's still got Christmas money and she won't even spend it on herself. She'll spend it on somebody else. She don't like me telling that, but it's the truth. I get my birthday money. It's spent before the week is over with. In fact, I know my birthday's coming up. I know what Mama always gives me. I done already been looking around at Academy, amen? That's my birthday money. And when I get something and I get a plan, it's usually, so I was here and had that boat and I had a plan. I wanted to get another trolling motor. I wanted to get one of them satellite trolling motors. I wanted to get me a Torova, Minn Kota, <laughs> iPilot, which you can, Step on the button, it'll hold you right there. You can hit the button, it'll go where you want it. Like, oh, oh, man, I'm getting me this. And I f- searched it out, found out, so I got to look at it, how I could get it. I had a gun. It was my favorite gun. It was the best gun ever. It was an AR-10 Smith & Wesson M&P. That's military police. It was the high dollar. It was a hard-to-find gun. It took me forever to find it. I searched for it for six months. I sold two other guns to buy that gun. And I had that gun, and I knew I could get enough almost to get that trolling motor. And I talked to Robert Sistrunk. He said, I can sell that clothing motor at the fire department. So I didn't really think he'd sell it. I said, well, you tell him I ain't going down. This is the price. So I gave him the price, $1,400. I paid $1,499 plus tax and had a few add-ons I'd done to it. I said, but I ain't taking no less. Two days later, he called me. and said, this old boy wants to buy it. He's coming over. He's bringing cash. I said, you tell him I ain't bordering. That guy showed up on a Friday evening. He gave me 14 dollars bills. Boy, I put them in my wallet. Oh, I'm going to get my trolling motor. You know what? God had a plan I didn't know about. I never have come to church with $1,400 in my life, but one time and I'm never going to do it again. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. God knows. I come that Sunday, and of all Sundays, we had that boy. He was Brother Jonathan. He was a pastor in Africa, and he ran an orphanage. We went in my office. He started telling me about them, and I started fellowshipping with him, and I realized I was in the presence of a brother, a disciple, a servant, a sacrificial child of God. I should have brought my money home. <laughs> and I said, man, we're going to have to help him. I said, Lord, I'm going to put $100 of my money up and ask the church to give, and we're going to bless him with an offering, and I'm planning it out. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to put 100 up, and that will encourage everybody to give. I was sitting right there, and he got to speaking. Ten minutes in, the Holy Spirit started bumping my heart. You give him all that money. Well, God, (laughs) I'm going to give a hundred. No, you give him all that money. And I'm sitting here fighting with God, and I'm knowing I'm done. (laughs) But he said what needed to be said, and my heart melted. He said, we took in that first child, and then they brought us another one, and we adopted that one, and we adopted the second one, and it Four kids in. I told my family. You know we've adopted four. But if we would choose to live simple. We can help others to simply live. And I said it's yours Lord. At the moment I did that. I couldn't wait for it to be over to give it away. And you know what giving it away. I said well there goes my gun. There goes my trolling motor. But I don't care, God. I want to do this. And I believe it was a test of God. He was testing me to see if I would be generous. Let me tell you what happened. Y'all will hear some of you. I gave it. It was hard. It hurt. (laughs) I went home. That Saturday night before I went to bed because I didn't have to preach. I wasn't studying. I was out there in that carport looking at my boat, seeing how to get that trolling motor off. Figuring out about how to hook the new one on. I went home that day, and I just looked at my boat and went inside. I said, oh, well, Lord, I got a nice boat already. I got a good trolling motor there. You know what? You can ask Diane. I ain't bragging, but I ain't lying. I ain't went fishing since and not caught fish. We got fish in our freezer. We give fish away. We cook fish all the time. I cooked 11 quarts of fish for the deacons, and I thought I was going to be out. Next time I went, caught a limit. Many limits have come home. God is faithful. But let me tell you what else God did. Ronnie Whitten wasn't even here that day. He was gone. He heard about it. Before the next Sunday, he knocked on my door. He never came over there. He said, Brother Marvin, I want to talk to you. I walked out of the He had a big old smile. He said, Brother went and Ronnie is a generous giver. He knows what that's about. And he said, I got something for you. Come here to the truck. And he pulled out an AR. He said, now this ain't as nice as your AR, but every man needs an AR. And I heard what happened to you. And he was laughing. <laughs> he said, I thought it was funny. He said, this ain't good as the one you gave away, but he said, you can take it as a trade-up gun. Don't feel obligated. He said, it's only worth about $500. He said, but it's brand new. It's never been shot. It's been in my safe. Here it's yours. Here's some mags. And I was like, man, you know what? I looked at it today before I come here. I wouldn't take nothing for that gun, not 10 trolling motors, because that gun reminds me that when you're generous, God is more generous. You can't outgive God. You know what? One day I might get that trolling motor. One, I might not, but I'd rather go catch fish with an old trolling motor than have a brand new one and not have God's blessing. I don't know if y'all believe this or not, but my boat is anointed. (laughs) 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 And you know what? Everybody in here, your pocketbook can be anointed if you just let God have it. Am I asking you to give? Am I trying to manipulate you? Please don't take it that way. I'm telling you from personal experience, God cannot ever, ever leave you without if you give for him and for his glory. I want you to think about this. You might say, well, you had $1,400. I owe $1,400. You are a rich pastor. I am rich. I'm rich in God. I'm here to tell you, brother, I am prospered in the name of Jesus. But I want you to think about this. A spiritual truth. You do not have to be rich to be generous. As a matter of fact, if you're not generous with a meager income, you will never be generous with an abundant one. Generosity ain't about what you got. Generosity is about what you give. And friends, you know what I've come to find? If you want to be generous, God will provide. Let me show you the last verse. I didn't put it up here, but look what God says to them through Paul. If you look with me back at verse 7, Paul said, so let each one of you give As he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And then look what he says. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Man, when God is making his grace abound towards you, guess what? You ain't gonna be looking, you ain't gonna be a getter. You ain't gonna be, I need to get this, I need it. You're gonna say, I got it. (laughs) I got him, I got grace. And look at what he says. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always, not sometimes, not most of the time, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. God says, I want you to sow in that work. If you've got a heart to give, he's going to give you something to give. Greedy people are getters. Generous people are givers. And you can't change that spiritual truth. And you know what I've come to find? Life is too short to be worried about getting something. Guess what? I got saved. I ain't trying to get saved. I ain't hoping I'm saved. I'm saved. I got a place in heaven. I'm going to meet God one day. And guess what? Hopefully when I meet God, he's going to say, you did good, son. Come on in. And what you gave up for me down there, this is what I'm going to give you now up here. Come in to the joy of all that I have prepared for you. Friends, what does that have to match with what we have down here? He says that down here, don't put your treasure where moth and rust and thief can come and destroy, but put your treasure in heaven where nothing can get it, where God has it, and he will bless us for it. Amen? This morning, I want to encourage us If you want to be blessed, be generous. you want to be blessed, be committed. you want to be blessed, be reverent. Honor the Lord. And friends, I want to tell you something. God will honor and bless you back. Amen. We're going to stand this morning. You know, the first thing is you got to be saved. I'm talking to saved people today, children of God. You know, a lost man, that's his money. But a saved man, God, is responsible for us. And so if you need to come, I'm going to ask you to come. Maybe you want to be saved this morning. Um, Jesus will save you. He'll forgive you. He paid the price for it all. Maybe today you might feel God telling you in your heart something. Maybe He's might asking you for not a material thing, but maybe a spiritual commitment. Sometimes He just wants us to give Him our life, to give Him the ability to have control over us. But you know what I've come to find? Whatever God's asked for, He's worthy to give it to. So would you pray with me? Father, as we bow this morning, In your glorious presence. Lord having heard people sing. How great thou art. So beautifully. Lord you are great. Help us to honor you. As the great God you are. Lord there's someone here this morning. Who probably needs to be saved. Help him to understand. That you died for him on the cross. And if he'll admit he's a sinner. If he'll just trust in what Jesus did for him. And confess And come to Jesus. Jesus will save him. Lord, help him to do that today. And Lord, for those of us that are saved, we want to thank you for all that you've done for us, for your faithful provision, for your faithfulness to take care of us. But more than anything, we want to thank you for a new heart, a heart that's not consumed with this world, but loves the things of the next world, and that is committed, that has reverence, and Lord, is generous toward our God. Lord, help us today and bless us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.